Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Believe in the Jaguars podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? My name is Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino. And of course, joining me as always is the managing editor of the Jaguars Wire from USA Today, James Johnson. And we are continuing our series of the roster breakdown of the team this week. It's going to be running backs. And we've got a really great episode planned for him today, don't we, Jay? Absolutely. How is everybody doing, by the way? I'm glad that uh, everybody could join us again. Glad to be back. And yeah, you are absolutely right, Phil. We're going to talk some running backs, uh, which, you know, for the Jacksonville Jaguars is an important position because of their makeup and their roster. So I can't wait. We got an exciting episode coming up. That is right. Plenty to get into here this week. Before we do get started, though, I want to give a shout out to everybody that has gone out of their way and given us a, a review on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. If you feel like supporting the show, that's one of the best ways you can do it. Subscribe and rate on Apple Podcasts and then just find us wherever you listen to your podcast. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Of course, you can find us at the Believe.com website and at Believe Podcasts uh, on Twitter. Um, myself, is uh, uh, I am at Phil the Filipino, F-I-L-I-P-I-N-O, and Jay is at SportsGrind underscore Dawn on Twitter. So send us your questions, you guys. Send us your reviews, reactions, anything you want to talk to us about as far as the Jaguars. We love interacting with you, and it's been really, really great to see this awesome feedback come in so quickly. Like I said, we're only in episode three, Jay, and the like. I think I mentioned this last week, the response has been pretty overwhelming. Yeah, absolutely, everybody. Uh, I want to first comment on the send us your questions. Yeah, feel free to, you know, DM us or uh, send them to us uh, just in the regular uh, Twitter feed or Facebook or whatever the case may be. Feel free to send those questions. And uh, I'm glad you mentioned that, Phil, because I do uh, probably want to set up a email for everybody to send their questions to as well. So on the next podcast, we'll have that email for you. It'll probably be a Gmail account or whatever the case may be. And um, I'm sure I can set up a um, kind of like a voicemail type deal where people can also send us questions as well. And maybe we can play them back or whatever the case may be and answer them, um, you know, as we get them. So, yeah, man, we appreciate all of the support that everybody has been giving us. I think we're like approaching. I think we're at 18 reviews so and all of which have been five stars and we much very much appreciate that so we're approaching the 20 uh five star review mark uh and and you know for those listening uh head to your phone right now apple Podcasts or itunes however you want to label it and uh shoot us a review and also comment rate subscribe this that and the other and i mean feel free to check us out on the other platforms that we are on uh whether it's spotify uh google play or whatever the case may be that is right. And if you're actually interested in advertising on the show, contact Believe at Believe.com. There are plenty of advertising opportunities throughout the entire network. 
So definitely take advantage of that opportunity should you see fit. Um, one more thing we want to talk about here, Jay, something we're really excited about and we're hoping to put together in the future. We had a little bit of a scheduling conflict uh, for this week, but we do plan on having Tony Pauline from Believe in the Draft Analyst podcast here very, very soon to talk about the upcoming draft. Him and Chris Trapati do a great job on their draft analyst show. Uh, you know, we're, we're approaching that season, of course. The draft is just a few, maybe about a month and a half away. So check them out for all the up-to-date draft analyst uh, coverage. Uh, any, anything you're going to need is right here on the Believe Podcast Network. So, Jay, let's get into running backs. You know, of course, the, you know, uh, quote unquote, our, you know, our shining piece is supposed to be Leonard Fournette, you know, the number four overall pick from the 2017 draft. And man, you and I were just in a lot of pain looking back at that draft and seeing who was taken after him. But we're not going to talk about that today. We're going to look forward. So first and foremost, as far as Leonard Fournette, you know, he's coming off a relatively solid season. But I've I've been on the record of saying this. It, it was one of the quietest, underwhelming, good seasons that I I can remember in recent memory. So in terms of just Leonard Fournette's future here in Jacksonville, and there's some stuff that we need to talk about that happened on that unfolded on social media today. What do you see the Jags doing with Leonard Fournette? Are they going to pick up his option? Should they? Yeah, I, I believe they probably won't pick up his option. And the indicator may have been uh, his behavior, if you will. And not to say like, is bad behavior or whatever the case may be, but uh, the way he's been acting on social media, going and deleting all of the Jaguars pictures and and moving anything Jaguars off of his social media accounts. I feel like that conversation probably has been had. What is it? February the 18th. So yeah, that conversation probably has been had with his agent. Uh, They maybe went to the agent and said, Hey, we're not going to pick up that option, Uh, which I mean, you could see why they wouldn't, you know, when you get down to it, uh, and, and that being said, um, you know, I think this is a make or break year for him, you know, if he's on the roster. And I also think not only is it a make a make or break year, but uh, based on how he performs and the statistics he's he puts up in the closer to a complete season. That's always been the thing with him uh, is putting up a com- complete season. I mean, you kind of talked about that beforehand uh, the first year. It was he had a good season. He had uh, what was it? Ten touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. But he couldn't eclipse the four yard per carry mark, which is kind of important for a running back. Uh, The following year was uh, he wasn't available, whether that was through injury or suspension. And um, we all know about the incidents that happened at the end of the year as well with uh, the Bills and then the whole Tom Coughlin thing with him and TJ Yeldon happened as well at the end of the year. So the um, availability and, uh, you know, some, some of which was uh, his problem, which was the fight with, I forget who the player was with the Bills. So it was just a mix of things there on both sides that just kind of interfered with him having a good year that season. And then of course, last year he had a career high in what yards, however, just couldn't get in the end zone. So, you know, for me, like it's always been just it's always something with Leonard Fournette that that just doesn't allow him to have a complete season. And I think that's what they're going to be looking for this year is a complete season out of him. You know, a season where he reaches four yards to carry, 
uh, reaches along that 10 touchdown range or whatever the case may be. And of course, they're going to put pieces around him or I would think they are. They're going to better equip the offense around him to allow him to do that. Uh, but for me, I just think it's an issue that we're here at this point. You know, we're almost at the end of his contract and we still don't know exactly uh, what Leonard Fournette's full potential is. And typically with running backs by now, you know it. And, you know, people could say this, that and the other got in the way. But still, typically by now, uh, you know it. And, and I guess we'll find out this year what he has to offer in terms of a complete back. And uh, time will tell. Yeah, I think what has always been one of the most frustrating things about Leonard is I think he definitely possesses the talent to be a top tier back. But for whatever reason, just like you mentioned, he's never really been able to put it together. And I'm not sure what that is, whether it be behavior issues or injury or scheme or I'm not, I don't know what it is. But, you know, this this offense for the last few years has been very, very complimentary to a guy you think like Leonard Fournette. And it just has not happened. You and I, even up until last year, we were very, very vocal members of the Yeldon Hive, still are. Shout out to TJ Yeldon. Um, of course, he didn't hear his name a lot this year up in Buffalo, but we still definitely are fa- fans of his. And you know, he always seemed to deliver a spark whenever he was put in. He was just used so sparingly because they were so committed to to Fournette. But it, it's just, he's never really, I mean, that first year was great. You know, of course, we was part of that magical run. But even still then at that time, like there was be moments where he would disappear or he was injured. So, you know, and it, it's it's unfair now to look back at the draft because it wasn't his fault where he got picked. Ultimately, it came down to the front office. But based off of where he was taken and compared to some of the other backs in his own draft, he just has not lived up to that potential. And it's, it's just really upsetting because I, I know the fan base really, really likes him. I know they do. But last year, being in that stadium, I, I can tell you that the affection and the admiration is starting to wear off. And I think a lot of that has to do with the off-the-field stuff. But now so that it's bleeding over into the production, you know, it seems like maybe his time is coming to an end. With you know, and of course, we always, uh, or at least here in here in Jacksonville, you know, and we, you know, definitely want to hope that he finds success somewhere, but it just doesn't seem like it's going to be here. Yeah. And additionally, you know, like I I think in the end, in terms of this year, 2020, he will remain with the Jags, but it also wouldn't surprise me if he wasn't with the Jags in 2020. Uh, It wouldn't surprise me. And what, what I mean by that, it wouldn't surprise me if Dave Caldwell maybe traded him because I feel like one thing that we might start to see Dave Caldwell do this year and in the future is remove himself of those things that feel like Tom Coughlin's doing. Me and you have always said, and Jacob have always said, or we kind of alluded to it, the selection of Leonard Fournette felt like a Tom Coughlin doing more so than a Dave Caldwell doing. Uh, Me personally, I think Dave Caldwell is more of a guy that takes premium positions in the top 10. Uh, And that, that pick to me, and I'm not defending Dave Caldwell by any means. That pick to me didn't really feel much like a Dave Caldwell type pick, if we're being honest. So, you know, I, I think if the Jaguars see it this way to where he's not a part of the future past 2020, maybe they, you know, trade him. And I'm not saying this is going to happen or I got a, a a source on this or anything. This is just me, uh, just a personal opinion, basically. 
Uh, it would not surprise me if the Jaguars just came to grips with that. He's just not the guy uh, traded him and, you know, tried to find somebody else to replace him this year. Uh, but for the most part, uh, I do feel like he'll probably remain here at least until 2020. Uh, but I guess time will tell. So I, I did want to say that. And and another thing with uh, Fournette to me that just has never been there. And it was something that we've seen with the previous great running backs. Now, we can't say we've been blessed to see uh, some some guys flourish at the running back position. We've seen our share of good running backs, whether it was uh, Fred Taylor or Maurice Jones Drew or, uh, you know, Greg Jones and, and uh, Stewart and Natron Means and so on and so forth. But the thing for me that I haven't seen yet, and I, I guess you could say you saw it early in the careers of the other guys, at least in, in terms of Fred Taylor and Maurice Jones Drew, both of which, you know, are guys we would probably say are top six Jaguars to, uh, together. Uh, that being said, though, the thing that I don't see that I saw early in their careers out of Fournette is that ability to create. And I feel like that's kind of vital for a running back. If you don't have that ability to create, uh, you, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Now, look, a lot of people make the argument that the offensive line isn't all that great, uh, this, that, and the other. But my argument has always been like, everybody's not going to have this offensive line like the Dallas Cowboys where it's almost pretty much practically made up of first-round picks and, and this, that, and the other. And in the Jazz defense, they have put a lot of resources into the offensive line, if we're being honest. They have traded up for guys like Cam Robinson, who, you know, albeit that's not – I'm not his biggest defender, but they put a lot of resources into getting him, basically. They traded up to get him with the Seattle Seahawks, is what I'm saying. Uh, if I can recall, they traded up to get Jawan Taylor, who came on strong at the end of last year and, and probably has a bright future if he can get past the penalties. Uh, they they made Andrew Norwell, albeit, you know, we, we all have had our share of complaints about Andrew Norwell, but they made him the top paid guard in football at the time when they got him. They made sure they kept Brandon Linder around, who still to this day, when he's available, is their best offensive lineman on the team. So it's not like the Jaguars have neglected, so to speak, the offensive line, um, but at the same time, you know, they, they could afford, I guess, this year at least to put more resources and and, and see how that will work with Fournette. But I, I guess time will tell, like, how his career ends with the Jacksonville Jaguars, whether that's with, uh, you know, him sticking around even longer, getting an extension or whatever the case may be. Uh, but I just think, like, deep in my heart, I feel like it may be time to move on because he does lack those things that you saw early out of the, you know, the greats that we've seen in the past. How much do you think Leonard's, uh, you know, the criticism we have of him, how much do you think of it is because of his draft class, including Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, and a lot of other really good backs too, Joe Mixon, was taken in that draft. Now, of course, he had his issues coming out, but a lot of really great backs came out of that draft. And Leonard, I mean, based off, again, where he was taken, is probably the most disappointing out of that group. Well, I think you can't help but notice, you know, what, who was taken around him uh, for sure. You know, that's just kind of a, a natural thing. But uh, to answer your question, I, I've, me personally, in terms of drafting running backs in today's day and age, first and foremost, I just don't if it's not Saquon Barkley or like Todd Gurley in terms of what they were in college, 
I just don't think you do it. You know, so it in his defense, that's not his fault that Tom Coughlin or Dave Caldwell or the, the two collectively took him as early as they did. That's not his fault. Like, so I try not to hold that part against him. But I do think in the, in the eyes of the fans, though, that does not help in terms of, um, you know, just looking at like what Jamal Adams, the, the productions he he's given and the production, these other guys that were taken. I think you said it was like T.J. Watt taken in that same draft and then Dalvin Cook in a, a round later. Uh, you know, I, and that's why personally, I mean, we have the receipts now on, on the uh, other podcast that we did on the Jaguars wire. We have the receipts personally, I think. The Jaguars should have went with a later round option outside of the first round in terms of getting a running back, uh, because typically you can't hit on that's one position you can't hit on outside of the first round. And it was guys like, you know, that were really good prospects, too, at that in that draft uh, in, in terms of the running back position like Dalvin Cook, like Alvin Kamara, um, like uh, the kid. His name is escaping me right now. That was drafted by the Cleveland Browns, but eventually got traded or I'm sorry, he got drafted by the Kansas city chiefs and was traded to the Browns. Uh, his name is escaping me, but Kareem Hunt. You have, yeah, Kareem hunt. You have all of those options that were available in that draft specifically for you to go with a running back outside of the, the first round. And, and yet, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars took that swing. And really, if we're being honest about it, it really, in my opinion, has not paid off uh, for, of what we thought it would or what they were hoping it would. Yeah, I mean, you look at a guy like McCaffrey, who's prop, who may be the best back in the league. He's about to get paid big time. So, yeah, it's, you know, again, it, it's not his fault where he was taken, but um, unfortunately, it is he is a product of everybody else that went behind him. You know, you did mention something earlier. That's a good segue into the next topic here. You know, do you think it's maybe time to, to trade him? What do you think it would take? for them to pull the trigger on a trade. I mean, as far as value, really all you have to sell is, you know, potential. Like he, like we said, he is coming off of his best year. I mean, what are we talking here? Like something around fourth, third, fourth round pick. I mean, I don't know what you're going to get. Uh, I don't know what kind of player for player trade you'd want to, you'd, you'd want to pull the trigger on here for him either. Yeah. The big question with a trade is basically who do the Jags have in place to replace him? Now, you know, and we'll talk about him as well. Uh, Ryquel Armstead is behind him. But, like, we haven't really seen enough out of Ryquel to say, like, hey, this dude could, could shoulder the load. So I think, like, that's ultimately, that's why I think he plays with the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2020 is because, like, we don't, it's so much uncertainty behind him or who to get to replace him or whatever the case may be. But if, I mean, if you want to put a value on it, I would say, Definitely not getting a top three round for him. You know, it might be even hard to get a fourth round for him, but fourth or later is probably what you're going to get for him. And then, like, in terms of a player-for-player trade, I can't think of any guys that are on the trade block off the top of my head that would make sense in a, a Leonard Fournette type of deal. I mean, I know Stefan did surface lately, uh, like today, but that's not a guy that, you know, I don't see – the Vikings saying they have a need for a running back with Dallas. Slay's name has been out there. Yeah. I mean, like maybe because the, uh, not the Vikings, but the Lions may be looking for somebody that can compliment their quarterback, whoever that is, Matthew Stafford or somebody else that uh, they may choose in the future. Maybe. Uh, but, you know, 
that player for player trade would also involve, you know, the Jaguars will have to put some with it, of course. Uh, so, you know, it'll, it'll be, it'll really cost them more than it's worth, I guess, in the end. Although Darius Slay is a very good cornerback. I, I like him. I think he's, you know, top 75, 50-ish type of player. Uh, but at the same time, like, uh, and another thing about trading with Slay is taking that salary and he wants an extension. Here we are, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars are potentially going to give away A.J. Boye or let him go or release him or however you want to put it because of his salary at the cornerback position. So the question is, do the Jaguars want to keep paying more to their defense? You know, and I think Slay's figure, cap figure, might be even more than A.J. Boye's. So I don't see that happening for that reason. So, yeah, a trade would probably be difficult if you're looking for like a, a player scenario but yeah I think fourth and like I said again that might be hard to get for Fournette probably fourth fifth sixth or seventh rounder or like multiple picks past the uh the third round maybe the way like they might go if they even entertain something like that but due to the uncertainty I think they stick with him for this year see what he has if he explodes they extend him if he doesn't explode, they simply let him go and they part ways and let him, uh, you know, find another team. Yeah, I, I don't think that the trade route is a really a viable option, especially since, you know, like you said, it's going to you'll probably get some the, the value of something fourth round or later. I mean, but there is also the argument that you might as well get something for him. I don't know. But, it's, you know, as far as you also mentioned what it looks like behind him as far as the roster goes and, you know, just kind of looking at it behind Reichwell. Armstead, who of course we drafted last year, there's really not a lot of names that people are going to know here. Uh, Paul Perkins, uh, Divine Azigbo, Jeremy Nichols, Taj McGowan, Devontae Mays. So of course, you know, not really names, uh, household names by any means. So, you know, moving on to what, what they could possibly do in terms of maybe adding on guys. I've got the free, you know, free agency is going to come up here first, of course. Free agent names, you know, Derrick Henry, not going to happen. Uh, Kareem Hunt, restricted free agent. I think he stays with the Browns. Prob- that's probably not a viable option. And then you get to names like Kenyon Drake, Melvin Gordon, who, of course, just came off a year where he sat out because he wanted big money. And we just talked about the salary cap situation here. Austin Eckler, good back, but a restricted free agent. Um, also, probably not a full-time guy, but maybe a guy you bring in if you want to split carries. Matt Breida is a name that intrigues me he's only 25 however he does seem to be injury prone uh, but i think he is a very talented back um and then it continue on the list you're looking at names jordan howard jonathan williams yonche washington carlos high is probably not gonna gonna be a guy chris thompson is a guy that's a little bit older that's lower on this list um and then of course you get into uh some other some other names that are just kind of like uh, journeymen journeyman guys so really just out of those names that i just mentioned there jay do you think any of those guys would be be some some kind of viable option but again we have to find a way to free up some money we gotta do that first yeah this is kind of to say away what i said in the um to go off of what i said in the last podcast uh the jaguars are probably in the coming weeks gonna free up 45 to 35 to 45 million, somewhere in that range, you know, maybe a little bit more than 45, maybe 48 ish uh, when they make their cuts and whatnot. And right now, approximately in terms of needs that they probably need to address this year to some capacity is about seven. I got seven on Jaguars wire. Um, I think the article is called uh, 
predicting the Jaguars' top seven needs or uh, the, the needs that they need to address the most heading into this season. I'll link it or whatever in the bio or I'll put it in Twitter, on Twitter or whatever the case may be. So they're looking at about, about seven needs. With that $45 million and the draft capital that they got, you know, they can't, I don't think they can really afford to add another need into that mix, which running back for me wasn't a part of that mix. So, I, you know what I'm saying? I don't think they go that route in terms of getting somebody in free agency. I mean, I wouldn't mind it if it's the right person. Uh, one name that came to mind that might be, maybe you could get at an affordable short-term deal, maybe. Then again, I don't know, maybe a Kenyon Drake. Um, but like I said, they they really need to spend money elsewhere in free agency, you know, whether that's uh, maybe tight end. I know a lot of money probably is going to have to go into tight end because you don't want to trust a tight end out of the draft in his first year. Probably an offensive guard or offensive tackle of some sort. Linebacker is a big need. Uh, help on the defensive line. We're talking premium positions in, in some of these cases. So, you know, I don't really know that it's a lot of room, especially to get a, a expensive guy or a guy on long term, on long term basis. Uh, it's the route to go in terms of free agency. I think it more so would come into the draft if they got somebody. And I think what would be telling of how they feel about Leonard Fournette is how early they draft a running back. Now, I don't think they're drafting one in the top three rounds, but if they do, that's probably a sign that they're moving or they're trending more towards uh, moving away from Leonard Fournette after 2020. Um, and, and maybe, you know, they might have plans to pair that person uh, with, with my man, um, Raquel Armstead, but uh, that's my personal opinion on the matter. Right. So bringing, bring us to the probably more viable and, and realistic option for Jacksonville when it comes to the running back position is, is, as you mentioned, adding somebody through the draft. Now, just looking at the list of running backs here that are coming out. Now, of course, the top of that list is going to be DeAndre Swift. That's probably not going to be a guy that we see here. Um, I, know, I know, Jay, you're a big fan of his, of course, being a Bulldog fan. And then you move on to guys like Jonathan Taylor, Zach Moss, um, the running back from LSU, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, uh, who you who you also like, J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers. So there are notable names in this draft class. And again, just like we mentioned, Leonard Fournette's draft is the perfect example. You can get these guys later, and they can produce like a number one back. And unfortunately for running backs right now, you know, it is a – you know, get what you can out of them league and then you move on to the next one. So who who in the draft should we maybe should fans maybe keep an eye on and uh, as far as being possibly added on to the roster here? Yeah, well, first and foremost, I want to say this. I believe, uh, you know, and we we go through these scenarios on uh, our sites, our Jaguar sites as analysts and journalists and media members and whatnot. But one thing I think we maybe should be mindful of if the Jaguars trade back to get more picks in terms of it, within the top three rounds or whatever the case may be, I think that does make room for them to maybe squeeze a running back in the top three rounds. And now, again, that's granted they trade back and add additional draft picks uh, within, you know, that top 100 range or whatever the case may be that top those top three rounds. So um, I, I think like if they trade back, they would definitely start. Or, or I think they could at least start entertaining the fact of getting a running back earlier than most people are projecting. But uh, we'll have to see, you know, how the early goings of the draft 
go to even make that assumption or whatever the case may be. But yeah, like you said, man, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is just my dude, man. That is, I watch him on tape and he's just that's Maurice Jones drew all over again. Small pinball as uh, I think it was the Baltimore Ravens coach Harbaugh put it. I think it was Harbaugh. The dude is a bowling ball full of butcher knives, basically. Nobody wants any part of him. Um, I don't know, like, of course, like Maurice Jones Drew was a freak of nature or just he had unreal speed in terms of uh, his 40 time and changing directions. And for crying out loud, he was a a punt returner. I don't know if Edwards Hilaire, if I can recall, I don't think Edwards Hilaire is a punt returner or um, has like special teams doings or, or uh, has played on special teams. But then again, like, I'm not sure. Uh, I'll, I'll check and see um, later down the road. But aside from that, he is a lot like Maurice Jones drew. And he's a guy, if you get him this year and Leonard Fournette is still on the roster, you, you have to at least consider, in my opinion, or anybody that you would take in the top three rounds, in my opinion, you have to at least consider getting these guys closer along the lines of a 50, 50, type of snap ratio with Fournette. And I, I that's another thing. I've always felt that, you know, I know Fournette wants to be the guy and he wants a bulk of the, the snaps and a bulk of the carries and this, that, and the other. But I think like what might just save his career is splitting the snaps and getting a change of pace type of uh, a back to go with him. That, that we could see him produce, in my opinion, if he had somebody like I mean, for crying out loud, Raquel Armstead, if they did a 50-50 or more like a you know, 60-40 type of deal in terms of splitting up the snaps. I think, like, Leonard Fournette maybe could even be, like, this 1,200-yard guy, you know, a guy that can get in the end zone or whatever the case may be. But that's that's my personal opinion. Uh, but, yeah, if they get somebody in the top three rounds, that's what I'm saying. I think, you know, we could see that person uh, get into that, like, 50 to 40 range in terms of getting snaps with Fournette because, you know, I think like them taking the running back that early might be a sign that uh, they're probably going to let him go down the road, in my personal opinion. Yeah, a guy like uh, a guy like that, as far as as far as far as Edwards Hilaire, that that would be really appealing to me. I mean, <laughs> LSU is they're They're going to absolutely dominate this draft in terms of guys that are going to be be taken. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of Jonathan Taylor, but again, I don't I'm not sure where he fits in in terms of of the draft he does have a different running style i believe than than leonard fournette and we did see flashes from Ryquel armstead you know towards the end of the year when they did finally get around to utilizing him but he i, I correct me if i'm wrong jay i believe he did have some fumbles i'm, I'm not if i'm remembering that cor- correctly yeah i don't think he had any fumbles if i remember remembering it correctly i mean and in, in our defense it's kind of hard because they didn't utilize him as much as they should it's not like he was on the field as much as he should have been and i mean he he made the few opportunities he had he made flashes of course like uh, everybody's gonna remember the Gardner Minshew catch because that was Gardner Minshew's best play and arguably one of the best plays in in the, of the season like not for the Jaguars but the NFL in general uh, but as a runner, he showed some things that it's like, why isn't this guy like getting, you know, more of the carries? I mean, I, I know like it probably what it is is Leonard Fournette wants a bulk of the carries and, you know, he wants to put the team on his back, this, that and the other. But, yeah, I don't think he had any fumbles, if I can recall. And if he did, it wasn't that significant to the point where it was a a, a point of emphasis or a point of concern for me. Uh, a real quick one. Another person um, that came to mind as you were talking 
that I wouldn't mind maybe seeing in a Jaguars uniform is Joshua Kelly from UCLA. Uh, he was in the Senior Bowl actually, and he he flashed some some pretty good things in my opinion. He helped himself at Mobile, and and um, if I could recall, like he he may have got in the end zone in the game. Uh, don't quote me on that. Uh, but he's another guy that's like in that third roundish range. You know what I'm saying? That maybe the Jaguars can maybe squeeze in there if they add additional draft picks by trading down. Uh, but again. I guess we'll just kind of have to see how free agency unfolds first and foremost, which we almost certainly don't think they're going to take a running back there. And then after that, we have to see like, you know, how the first round of the draft goes. Yeah. And looking into it, he did not have any fumbles, excuse me. So I must've misremembered that he did uh, 35 carries, 108 yards. That that was for a 3.1 average, but again, didn't get a lot of opportunities. He did flash in the receiving game, 14 catches, 144 yards, um, and he did have two touchdowns on the receiving end. So I definitely think there is some potential there with Reichwell. Like you said, he did flash when he was given the opportunity. So, you know, that's something we'll we'll continue to keep an eye on, of course. And then, you know, as far as drafting a guy, maybe if we get a, a guy like DJ Dallas, our buddy Josh will, you know, finally root for the Jags. You know, <laughs> maybe we can get him to come over to the dark side <laughs> over from the Giants. Shout out to our, our buddy Josh here. But yeah, and uh, so that's really, you know, uh, just kind of covering the running backs here on, on our end, of course, we're going to move on to the to the next position spot, which will, of course, be wide receiver. But, you know, we just wanted to, of course, touch on what we think is going to be in Leonard Fournette's future. What do you guys think? Are you fans of holding on to him long term? Do you do you think we should just get rid of him now? What do you guys think? I, we mentioned right right in the beginning of the podcast where you can reach out to both Jay and I. I'm on Twitter at Phil the Filipino, F-I-L-I-P-I-N-O. Jay is at sportsgrind underscore Dawn. Now, if you enjoyed the show again, please go on to Apple Podcasts and give us that five-star review and drop us some some words and in terms of whether it be feedback or criticisms, whatever it is, guys, we want to hear from you. So and Jay, also they have another opportunity to get some additional content from us. I think you set up something for people to do that. How about you talk about that really quick? Yeah, so I set up a Patreon. I haven't put the goals on there in terms of uh how you know i want to what kind of goals we want to set whether that's a patreon based goal or a compensation based goal but i will get on that uh actually after we're done recording but yeah we have a package for uh anybody that wants to contribute to the believe in jazz podcast and we have a five dollar package a ten dollar package and a fifteen dollar package for the five dollar package which is our basic package and our uh smallest package uh, we might go lower if you know people feel like it's a need for a lower package so feel free to reach back out to us and give us feedback but the five dollar package is the lowest we have right now you get early access to a uh, Believe in Jaguars or the most recent Believe in Jaguars podcast episode. So I think the date that me and Phil are going to set to have these podcasts out is either Wednesday or Thursday. So for those who want it early, you know, we'll shoot for the Tuesday or Monday uh, area somewhere in there during the week to to get that to you all. And then we have a $10 uh, package on the month, which uh, you would be able to access a Q&A on Sundays with both me and Phil. Um, in which uh, I guess we'll run around 3 p.m. Eastern time. Um, and, you know, we'll do it throughout the whole offseason, basically. And, uh, you know, we'll have or, or we'll answer any questions that anybody may have on the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, um, you know, 
that'll be a way for you all to talk to us in person and directly and, uh, you know, get, get anything out that you want to get out about the Jacksonville Jaguars and have us answer that. And you'll also get the previous perk, which was the $5, whatever comes with the $5 package, early access to an episode. Lastly, with the $15 one is our highest package. Uh, you get two monthly mock drafts on me and Phil in which we'll do all full seven round mocks, not just these, you know, three round mocks or whatever the case may be. We'll do full mocks, give analysis on them. Um, and we'll probably we were thinking about doing it in terms of a in a text format or a written format. But we will probably do that in the format of a podcast, which might be easier. We'll get that out to you all. And then, of course, you will get the previous perks, which everything I mentioned in the ten and five dollar packs. So. Feel free to check that out and start, uh, you know, if, if you want to share it, pass it along to your friends and start supporting the Jaguars Wire or the, um, I'm sorry, the Believe in Jaguars podcast. As me and Phil, you know, we uh, basically with this podcast, what we want to do is give you guys more in-depth analysis, uh, whether that's traveling with the team and and getting locker room interviews after the game or whatever the case may be. We want to be more hands-on with the team and kind of follow them at some point in the regular season in depthly and uh you know just transfer all of that content into the believe in jaguars podcast so any contribution would be welcome we appreciate the support that we've gotten so far and uh yeah hopefully you all can continue to help us uh with the believe in jaguars podcast yeah as mentioned before again we've just been really overwhelmed with the support and the feedback thus far so thank you again make sure you subscribe to the podcast on apple podcast spotify google play stitcher luminary and tune in of course you can find us at believe.com and at believe podcast so yeah that's it guys so we will see you next week again if you're interested and just let us know if you're interested in in um, setting up anything with our patreon account just like jay said we want to be doing really, really great things and give you unbiased analysis about the team that you guys love without being connected uh, to, you know, some kind of payroll. I won't uh, get into that, but (laughs) that's going to be the Believe in Jaguars podcast this week on the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you again so much for all of your support. I'm Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino. That's James Johnson, sports grind underscore Don. We'll see you next time. Do you believe? We do. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.